From the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, greetings today, beloved. I want to get right to it today. I went a little long yesterday, but in Zechariah chapter 1, verse 1, we have been looking how the burden of the word of the Lord came uh, for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of the man. And we found three creative acts of God, the stretching out of the heavens, the laying of the foundation of the earth, and the forming of the spirit of man. And God used the first two, the, the creating the heavens and laying the foundation of the earth to emphasize his sovereignty as creator, ruler, and judge over the last creative act, the spirit of man. And uh, there is the doctrine of the Sadducees is very much alive today. They don't believe in God, Satan, holy and unholy angels. They do not believe in the eternal spirit of a man. They believe only what they see, which is a a doctrine of faithlessness. They walk by sight, not by faith, whereas the believer walks by faith and not by sight. But don't be deceived. The Holy Spirit breathes the truth Beginning with creation in the heart of every man, God reveals himself to every man through creation and conscience. That's what Romans chapter 1 teaches us. Also, Isaiah 42, 5 says, Thus saith the Lord God, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, what did you and I come out of? The dust of the ground. He that giveth breath unto the people upon it and the spirit to them that walk therein. God in that one verse said, what are you saying here? God is repeating himself. I've created the universally, the foundation of the earth. I've created man and the spirit of man. There is a difference between breath and spirit. The first is earthly and temporal. The other exists forever and ever. You will live forever or die forever. Your spirit will be given a body of death or a glorified body of everlasting life. The world is possessed with destruction, the destruction and control of Jerusalem. That's verses 2 and 3. Let me read those for you today. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all people of the earth uh, shall be gathered uh, of the earth be gathered together against it. The whole world is against Jerusalem. Even all nations are going to forsake Israel, and you and I have been the only Israel uh, friend Israel has had historically. The United States and even we have rejected her. Every president since uh, Ronald Reagan, everyone Republican and Democrat, has been privately pre-67 indefensible borders. Give up Gaza, give up the West Bank, give up East Jerusalem, which is Bible Jerusalem. And our current president has been very public. And of course, so has Hillary Rodham Clinton. Now, let me tell you something. The whole world is against Jerusalem. I've told you also how the United Nations, that 40% of all their all the resolutions passed against repressive governments are against the nation of Israel, the only democracy in in the Middle East. And uh, nations that are truly repressive, like Iran and China, get almost no attention and slaps on the wrist. But 40% of every resolution from 1975, when six communist nations and six Muslim nations joined the United Nations so they could yoke together towards a common goal, the destruction of Jerusalem and Israel. 
The world is possessed with the destruction and control of Jerusalem. It's only been a few years that every nation but one in the United States, in the United Nations, passed a worldwide resolution that Israel has no political authority or control over the city of Jerusalem. Only Israel voted against it. The United States abstained from voting like a coward nation. Now, the world has cast its vote. They believe Jerusalem will be theirs. They have obviously not read the third verse of Zechariah chapter 12. Amen. God is going to supernaturally intervene for his people. All that go against her will be wounded by her. Jerusalem is a burdensome stone to the world. The world is going to make a great effort to try and pick it up and move it or remove it as it were, but they're going to get a hernia. Amen. The stone they try to move will be too heavy. They will not be able to lift it. It, it will be too coarse, and it's going to scrape their hands and their legs and their belly. Its sharp edges will cut them wherever it touches them. The whole world may gather against her, but God will deliver her. There are at least three wars coming in Jerusalem. By the way, let me just say that. There are three wars that remain before Jerusalem. I'm just going to say a little about them today, and I might deal with this in detail uh, after we finish up with Zechariah and Malachi. But every war in, in World War II there were 12 million lives that were lost, it's estimated, 6 million of them Jews. God specifically names the nations of each of the three world wars remaining. That's how we know where to place them in time and how we know where to place them in order. Now, if you took the nations that are named, the five nations that are named, that are going to take part in the, last, in the first of Israel's three prophetic wars that remain against her today, they, those nations are going to be completely destroyed and annihilated. The combined population of those nations today is 120 million people. Now, I want you to get that. 12 million people, it's estimated, died in World War II. Six million of them Jews. In the first war that remains prophetically of the last three wars that remain before Israel, 10 times that number will die be completely destroyed, wiped off the face of the earth. And the second war has more loss of life than the first, and the third war has more loss of life uh, than, than the second did. Lots of people going to die before Jesus comes back again. The prophets of the first war, this war probably follows the rapture of the church ushering in the false peace covenant because everybody will do anything to have peace. By the way, you and I are watching this war unfold before us. The prophets of this war are Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Obadiah, and Zephaniah. The participants are the Palestinians. Palestine is a transliterated modern word for the old word Philistine. The Gaza Strip. What are the five lords of the Philistines? Gaza, Ekron, Ashdod, Ash, uh, Ascalon, and, uh, and Gath. Those are the five lords of the Philistines. We hear about the Gaza Strip. The house of Esau uh, that, that is there to the south. Uh, and Bosnia, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, Jordan, and Saudi Arabia. All the border nations, all the nations that surround and borders touch, uh, with the exclusion of Iran and uh, Iraq from Isaiah 13. The, the, uh, Isaiah 13 tells us Iraq is kind of the opening salvo, and it will be destroyed by a nation from afar. By the way, who has been at war with nation from the farthest ends of the earth and has the ability, uh, that is the nation of America, to help her, all right? According to the Bible, uh, these nations are destroyed. 
the Second World War is a mid-tribulation war. It is the prophets, are Ezekiel 38, 39, and probably John the Revelator from Revelation 12. The participants are Russia, who has a long hatred, uh, history of hatred against Israel, especially during the 1880s. It is pure irony that Russia drove the Jews out of their land into Israel, and one day they themselves will leave Russia to attack Israel within its own borders. Its participants also include Iran, once again, who will be totally annihilated this time. The biblical land of Ethiopia, which today along with modern Ethiopia, also includes Sudan and Somalia, war, nations we have heard of, northern African nations also of Libya, Tunisia, Morocco, Turkey in, in the Middle East, and Germany, and perhaps some of the smaller Eastern European nations. The prevention for that war? God will overthrow these armies by natural disasters with supernatural power and timing. God will use a massive earthquake that will shake the entire earth, not just this battlefield. Uh, uh, he will also send pestilence and fire and brimstone to destroy the whole army. The third war is Armageddon. The prophets, Zechariah and John the Revelator, where we're here. The participants, the army of the Antichrist of the world, including China, Japan, Taiwan, and a united Korea that will cross the uh, dried up Euphrates River, the kings of the east. To prevention, God will destroy the largest army in the history of the world by the spirit of the sword that goes out of the mouth of Jesus. God has strategically and sovereignly place Jerusalem. It is his divine uh, will that no nation touch the apple of his eye. No one will move his holy city nor its citizens. I have given you the three wars to come, but want to be clear that Zechariah is speaking collectively of all three for all, though it's possible the first might be pre-rapture, all three take place in that day, in that 1,007 year period to include the Great Tribulation. He is referring specifically, though, most specifically to the final battle, the Battle of Armageddon. I know I've given you a lot of information, but I have very little time. And I want to give it to you, though, and hopefully you'll know a little bit more. And a little bit more of what's going on in the world will just make a little more sense to you. Amen. I understand our Bible is inexhaustible, but it's also infallible. It's indestructible. This will come to pass. Tomorrow, we'll pick up in that day of Messiah's, um, we, we have seen in that day of, Messiah, of Messiah's strength declared, his victory for Jerusalem. Tomorrow, we'll pick up in that day of Messiah's smiting destruction in verses 4 and 5. God bless you until our time tomorrow. No longer a pauper. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search from the poorhouse to the palace. From the poor lowly.